When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's fucking delightful. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rope Report podcast in association with Sunland Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back after yet another win for Sunland on the road against Blackburn Rovers, a team in form in a similar position to ourselves going into the game. A young team, a one that we're familiar with and in the end after a bit of a ding dong we came out on top and uh, joining me to talk all about the game is Chris, as always. Hiya, mate. Hello, mate. Yes, I'm I'm knackered. I feel like I've been through the ringer watching that. <laughs> I, it was, you uh, said that it was before we came on, didn't you? You're, you're a bit done in. <laughs> uh, it was it was just, uh, I don't know, it was kind of edge of the seat stuff and then relief at the end. I don't know, I think I went through every emotion watching that. I don't know what it was, but even though we were hanging on at times, I didn't feel flustered at all. Uh, normally when Sunderland have a game like that, you are literally dripping down the sofa, aren't you? Like, on the floor, God, get this game over and done with. I just didn't. I didn't feel under any pressure. I don't know what it is about this team at the minute, but they've <laughs> instilled this ridiculous confidence into me, in their ability. I watch them now, and I, I just, I'm just not phased. I just think, well, we're better than the, than the opposition. We're going we're gonna to come out on top eventually. And, like... That's the most under pressure I think I've seen our goal in a long time, probably since Stoke battered us. And and yet we, we stood up to it this time. This is a different Sunderland team, in it? Like, there's, there's just... There's last season and the way we ended it and the way that we got into the playoffs. And then it, somehow it feels like we've took it up a notch. Like, this just feels like we've got so much momentum. And... Tonight, in a game, like I say, where we played a team who were actually very good. I was really impressed with Blackburn at times. We were still too good for them in the end. And it just, it just great in it. Like, <laughs> it's just mint. I, I, I just love watching it. <laughs> it's going to sound like we've uh, compared notes before we've uh, come on. Because like, everything you've just said was... Uh, was everything I had in my mind. That, you know, you, you go back to last season, I'm not sure... Uh, Sunderland win that game last season, you know, and it's it's just that little bit of difference. But I mean, you you said you got to a place in that game where uh, you felt comfortable, and I, and again, I was exactly the same. But I tell you what, I mean, there was periods in that game where I just thought, you know, a goal was coming from Blackburn, and at times you thought, how have we survived that? But we came out of it, and we came out the other side. And again, I, I just last season, I'm I'm just not sure. We we get a result there, and this is the this is the best. Blackburn Rovers are the best side we've played this season by by some distance. And if you think we've lost, we've lost two in the league. And if you compare Blackburn the way Blackburn played to the to the Ipswich side, who we should have beat on the opening day, and then Preston, who were just organised and just rugged. Well, first Blackburn, and third in the table, by the way. Two of the teams above us. Compare it to who's beat us. The teams that were actually top of the table. Yeah, it's yeah. But, so it's a bit, you've you've got to be fair to Blackburn. But there's been no side that has sliced us apart like like Blackburn have with with how many chances they created and and it was sometimes just kind of you know last ditch and and the amount of times Ballard flung himself in front of the ball you know just I think head first at times him and all nine just it, flinging themselves in front. I, of I actually I, sorry to put in me, but I've got written down world class Dan Ballard like some yeah. of that defending was world-class, like heading it over when it looked certain to go in, throwing himself in the way of numerous shots, like 
top quality defending. Any any club scouting us watching that must be looking at him and thinking, bloody hell, he's good. Because that that I think I actually think whilst Clark will rightly get the plaudits, Dan Ballard played just as an important part in in the end result for for the way he defended at times. There was one early on that I think was after about ten minutes, and I think it was when Patterson made two saves and Ballard just threw himself at it was about three yards out, and he threw himself at it. And after it hit off him and went out for a corner, he basically he jumped up and I think he celebrated that more than his goal at QPR. <laughs> you know, he was kind of jumping around as if we'd won something. I mean, it was brilliant. I mean, to be fair, I mean, if people were watching him, I think uh, he might have had one of his off nights in possession. But God, as as in terms of defence and putting last that last ditch tackles in, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And the amount of times where you thought, oh, they're in here, and then it was Ballard who popped up and made the tackle. I mean, we'll, we'll come on to it, but, you know, the, the way that Blackburn sliced us apart, I mean, again and again, they got the ball in behind and no other team's done that. And you've got to, you've got to kind of hold your hands up and, you know, that it was just the sheer control that we ended up having, that we came out with three points, we you know, that we ended up putting our foot on the ball. And, I mean, but even then, every time Blackburn went forward, they looked dangerous. But it was, again, it was just that sheer determination from the lads at the back. And it just mm. shows, I mean, we've, what, we've conceded three goals in the last five games on this little little unbeaten run we're on. I mean, that that's, and it shows how they're doing it. Because see, up to now, like I said, it's been more controlled. We've been the dominant side. But coming up against a side like Blackburn, I mean, that that is a cracking result away from home. Really is. And, and the team shape, at times, I mean, we were wide open. We were wide yeah. open. And it's yeah. to be expected in, in many ways because we didn't have Pierre Ekwar. We went with Dan Neal in the middle, surrounded by um, Job and Pritchard. But, you know, th- their strength isn't in defending. It isn't in filling in space. They're not natural central midfield players. So at times it was very easy for Blackburn to walk through us. And, yeah, we, we conceded a lot of chances, but... When you defend like we did, you, you kind of get what you deserve in the end because we've we've got so much quality up front. And, <laughs> you know, uh, but but the thing is, is as well with this team, we, we had a centre-forward on the pitch for, you know, most of the game, yet it, it, it never really felt like that was where the threat was. It was always coming from the same players, really, you know. And we've got just players now who, I, I don't think, like, having a striker is a, is an integral part of the way we play anymore. We've learned in the last two and a bit years or whatever to play without a striker and these players just adapt around whoever's on the pitch. It's mm. it's it's strange. I, ca- I can't actually put my finger on what it is, but we don't need to have a striker on the pitch at times to be threatening. Or not even at times, just ever, really. You know, we, When you've got like Jack Clark doing what he did for that third goal and then you've got players like Dan Neal. Dan Neal's been brilliant this season really stepped up as an you know with experienced players going out the door he seriously stepped up and and offering a threat going forward but like I say when with the third goal like Clark the way he just sits players down and does that and cuts inside you don't need a striker when players can do that it's just like I say a joy to watch we will get into the into the thick of it with the goals and what have you but I just I'm so happy to have seen that tonight because there was a point in the game I mean at half time and you mentioned it just there um, half time we were two one up, and I had no idea how we were two one up because Blackburn were, were were the better team. Like, I don't think we did a lot wrong. Yes, we were wide open. We were conceding far too many chances. They were getting in between, particularly O nine and Huggins far too easily. Um, but yet we were two one up, and you know when you're scoring, and it was the same at the weekend. We scored in injury time in 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 the end of the first half. When you go in at half time, having scored then. It's just a massive, massive boost to your confidence in the way you can approach the second half. And um I mean, wow. What 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 a second half it was yet again. Yeah, it was. But look, we've we've got to hold our hands up and say that first half. I mean that like, I think Blackburn had us all over the shop. Mm-hmm. And you say we didn't do much wrong. I, I, yeah, I'm not quite so sure about that because I think we were really sloppy in possession. Um, I think we had we, we were playing simple balls and we weren't we weren't kind of I don't know we we weren't zipping them into feet they were going out of play they were they were kind of wide of the mark and it was simple passes at times and we were making silly mistakes and 
it, to actually at the start of the game, we we didn't we didn't wake up. It seemed like we really started the game sluggish, and we was it actually it seemed like we were a little bit surprised by how quickly Blackburn Rovers came out of the blocks, and I think they caught us on the hop a little bit. And we we were we were miles away from you know where where we should have been miles off the pace. We were second best kind of all over the park, and like I said, it, it ended up being kind of that last-ditch tackle that kept us in the game. I mean, mm-hmm. it was consistent last-ditch tackles because the amount of times they got in down um, down our left-hand side, their right-hand side, got in behind every single time. I mean, the, the, I lost count in the end. I was starting to count, <laughs> and in the end, I just stopped counting because it was just one ball down the line, and it just seemed to get them in all the time. And you talked about the ship, and I've said before that I'm, I'm a little bit – I was a little bit worried – before that we ended up having just Dan Neal and Equa as natural central midfielders and nobody else to fill in. And I'm not saying that Equa would have been made just, he wouldn't have solved every issue that we had against Blackburn, but we missed him. And the the difference was there was a couple of, when it showed the the action back, when it showed like when Blackburn had a chance and it showed it back, especially when the court was on the break, there was only Dan Neal sitting and if you looked, Pritchard and Joe Bellingham were 15, 20 yards ahead of him. And the problem was with that triangle, when it started off, even if even if Joe Bellingham started off alongside Dan Neal, he just naturally wanders forward because that's what that's where his mind takes him. He wants to go forward, which is which in some games is fantastic. But when you're under the cosh and you're under pressure, you could see that. Our midfield, the, the the makeup of it, our shape was just all over the shop to start with in midfield. Dan Neal was trying to anchor in front of the back four on his own, and it it wasn't working. Job and Pritchard were trying to get the ball into feet, but when they were losing possession, we were getting caught in the break, and they were miles they they were miles ahead of the play. And in that first half, we just we didn't we really didn't have much shape to be honest. And even in possession, Blackburn stepped on us. Whenever we, whenever Patterson got the ball, you saw a line of four Blackburn players right across the pitch, and they stood on us, and we didn't have any. We then tried to play the ball over the top of the press, and that wasn't working. We were then trying to play balls into Burstow. We were playing them too long and giving away possession. And Blackburn's game plan was absolutely spot on to start with. Um, and you have to kind of take your hat off and say that that we were second best. Um, mm. which makes the result even better and more impressive from our point of view because like I said at the start I'd, we wouldn't have gotten that result last season well it's our quality isn't it we, we keep talking about the fact that we've got it and you know when you when you come up against a team who who come at you the way Blackburn did it was always going to be a case of well right who's got the most quality when it when it really counts for all the chances they had they didn't put the ball away enough you know and and yeah they, I don't think they had a Maybe not a natural striker on the pitch. Sam Gallagher was injured, wasn't he? But yeah. um, I mean, they the created more than enough. They were around the box. But like I say, we just defended so well. Um, when it, when it actually mattered, you know. Um, yeah. But it's 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 <laughs> at the last second. Yeah, but it's it, you know I, I I I can sort of excuse it to a degree because with Huggins playing left back, I mean, I'm not going to dwell on it. But he he just doesn't look ready or really right for that position at the minute. I don't know whether it was just this game that did really well getting him behind him. On top of that, we didn't have Ekwaz, as we've already mentioned, so they they obviously were going to try and exploit that. You know, when they've done the prep, they went well. He's there to get at. They don't have the lad through the middle, so let's let's penetrate them that way. And to be fair, it worked. Um, you know, I just just thought lastly on this really, but I think Blackburn. Are a, a really, they're a really decent team actually, mm. and you know they're a young side. They try to play football the right way, and I gained some respect for them having watched that mm. because I didn't really know much about them at all beyond the the obvious names in the squad. And there's not many of them left. They've got quite, rid of quite a few players, um, lent on young players this season, and I didn't really know much about them. But I was I was seriously impressed by Blackburn, and I think um, I think they'll beat more teams than than then they'll lose this season just because they're a good football team. That They're a bit like us, but without without the quality we've got, really, ultimately. And, um, you know, it was the quality that shone through in the end. I mean, just this tweet from Between the Lines on Twitter, um, some stats about Clark. Jack Clark versus Blackburn, two goals, three shots, 
three chances created, one penalty won, six out of seven dribbles completed, three passes into the final third, four out of five accurate long balls, five recoveries, 13 out of 24 ground duels won, five fouls won, 9.4 rating man of the match. Clark is on another planet right now, best player in the championship. <laughs> I mean, hard to argue, isn't it? When he's playing the way he is, he's been in... I mean, he was good at times last season, but it's you can see why Premier League teams were sniffing now. But you can also see why we turned the money down, because he's better than what we were getting offered in the summer. I mean, already. I'm so glad we held on to him. What a player. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not just it's not just those moments which are which are incredible. I mean, we'll we'll come on to it, but you know that that last goal. But it's uh, it's just how he controls games at times. I mean, look, don't get us wrong. I mentioned mentioned last time um, at QPR. I mean, first off, first off, he he had a really frustrating first half, and he has those mm. he has those periods, doesn't he? But I tell you what, and then he'll turn it around suddenly, and he'll just keep on asking for the ball and getting it. And today he. He was head and shoulders above anybody else on the pitch. I mean, you could just see when he when he had possession of the football. And there was a point in that first half when uh, he he got the ball, and we we'd been under pressure, and we'd, they'd had a couple of chances, and he got the ball on the left hand side, and he he just kind of dragged us about fifty yards up the pitch, and then won a throw in just outside their box, mm. but just by sheer. I mean, but that wasn't just kind of sprinting. He stopped and started and took one on and cut outside and cut inside. And he basically made us about 50 yards, one throw in, and just gave everyone a breather and just almost kind of put a foot on it. But so it's that side of his game that is just as, like, we need that just as much as those minutes, the minutes where he kind of produces something. Because, like I said, uh, you know, if if we didn't have someone like Clark who was able to do that, then you just end up, being under more pressure and it builds up mm-hmm. until you, you concede a goal and you go behind and that's the yeah. game usually, you know, you can't get back from that. So just his all-round game, and I tell you what, you know, I, I imagine that some of those clubs who who put a cheeky bid in are, what, are still watching him and thinking, ah, oh, you know, why didn't we just, you know, stick another 10 million on just to make sure we got <laughs> him or something? You know, like just saying, look, why didn't we just make sure we got him? Simple as that. A bit like when I've watched Burnley at times this season and they look like they could do with oh. them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, w- w- what a performance all around second half, I think. It wasn't just Clark. There were, there were uh, you know, I could go probably right through the team. Patterson, I, th- I thought, actually made a, a few decent saves. Um, you know, had had to stay strong, didn't he? And it was difficult for him at times because I think he'd obviously been asked not to play out from the back as much. We like you said, we were trying to avoid their press, so we were having to go longer more. And yeah, it makes him look daft when the ball's going long and not hitting anybody and all the rest of it. But I thought as a as a goalkeeping performance, he was just passing. You know the way he is; he's just so consistent and and unflappable and all the rest of it. Uh, you know, let's like say Huggins hard hard night for him. I thought, um, but Ballard brilliant. Let's like say world class defending at times. Look, O'Neill. <laughs> I think it was it was interesting watching him and Hume at times because they'd clearly been told in the absence of Ekwa to step into midfield. Um, but there was there was moments in the game where O'Nine was on the left wing. He was further forward than Clark. Um, but yeah, you know, another typical Luke O'Nine performance, getting stuck in, getting in the ref's lug a lot more while he's been captain, which I quite like. Hume, just there for the big tackles. And he, I think one of the lads said that the, the reckon Hume genuinely would prefer to win a tackle than score a goal. Uh, that's the way he plays the game, doesn't he? He just gets stuck right in, loves it. Um, Dan Neal, as I mentioned earlier, has stepped right up this season. Still think he's been our most consistent player since the season started. That goal, I mean, left-footed as well. Through a through a crowd of bodies. The keeper doesn't say it till late, but it's just a hell of a strike with his left foot. And we will come on to the goals, but I just want to I just want to tell you how much I love everybody. Um, <laughs> Clark, we've already talked about, but I'll tell you again. Great, Pritchard. I think he showed why. Why he deserved to start on Saturday, but then in this game, when you needed quality, just somebody to knit the play together and just it's those little five yard passes around the box that where he gives it to the other players who can do things like Pritchard. Times, yes, he goes, he, I think he went missing defensively at times, and we could have done with him in the middle of the park when we were under a spell of pressure, but at his best when he's around the box, and j- just another great performance from him. Job, I thought, um, actually played pretty well. Has to do a different job tonight, um, and he was getting stuck in, and 
you know, maybe not getting forward as much as he would have liked, but still, you know, breaking up their press quite well. Um, and and again, you've got to remind yourself how old he is sometimes when you're watching him. Bar not as not as effective as he maybe was in the second half on Saturday, but I, I still think he had a really good game. Um, particularly in the second half, did very well. Maybe unlucky not to score a couple of goals. Burstow was feeding off long balls and scraps mainly, but you know, um, not a terrible performance. Still worked very hard. He was all over the place trying to win the ball for us. And then the lads who came on, I mean, Patrick Roberts again, really influential when he's on the ball. Oshish probably a bit late for him to do anything. But I mean, as a team performance, Chris, like I've went through everybody there. But I think we're becoming a a team that is a team in, in, in the sense that like you come away from games and yes, like, you know, Clark was a standout, Ballard was a standout, but you're actually coming away and you're thinking about the team performance. We're not winning games because of individual quality necessarily. We're winning games because you know, we're having to battle through when we're under pressure, we're defending really well, we're holding our holding our line. Maybe when we need a spell of possession to take the pressure off, we're doing it. And then when we need quality, we're working as a team to find goals. It's like all the hallmarks of a, I'm going to say it, all the hallmarks of a promotion team. <laughs> I'm going to say, say it. <laughs> yeah, well, I said it after the game. I, I, I feel like I'm watching a team on course for promotion here. And I know it's very, very early days. But these are the hallmarks of a team who do well. Well, yeah. And look, I think it's a bit of both what you were going through there. Because, I mean, if you talk about the individual moments that you've just mentioned, we're already talking about, you know, Clark, Clark's moments tonight at one end of the pitch and Ballard's at the other. You know, that that those moments from those players were essentially kind of what, what won us the game. But you're talking about the team performance as well that dragged us through. And you're right that... I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it's going to go this way at all. But if you, you know, <laughs> just do but, it. When, uh, but when you talk about, you know, when you talk about teams that are successful and win titles or, you know, are successful in a, in a full season, they have nights like this, you know, where things aren't going their way and they have to find a way. They have to dig in and they have to get the big moments right. And for this side, because you've just gone through the team there and said, oh, they all, they all had a good night. I mean, if we talked, if we if we'd recorded at half time and talked and talked about how how the game was going and stuff, we would have been like going through those players and saying, "Oh, he's given the ball away a bit, and he's done this, and he's not really offering and himself for possession and things like this." But what they did is all of those players as a team they dug in and they turned it around to to mm. to keep asking for the ball and keep doing those things and keep keep kind of pressing the opposition and keep going for the ball and not shying away and not just pumping it into the corners and hoping for the best. They kept trying to play football. They kept kind of offering themselves. They kept wanting the ball. And we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about how young this side are for a team to go away from home and be absolutely battered as much as Blackburn Rovers did and, and come out of it still with the confidence to ask for the ball and show for the ball. I mean, that, that takes something. And, and, like I said, t- teams who are successful have nights like this where it's not going their way and the opposition are all over them like a rash and they don't know what... At times, it's almost... It was chaotic. It was We were panicking, but we, we, we someone put a foot on it and then we then we started to get into the game. Then we got a foothold in the game. And you're talking about those minutes that, you know, that like, you know, Jack Clark getting the ball in the box to win us the penalty. Dan Neil, Clark at the end, Ballard in defence, Patterson making saves, Hume making tackles. So until you can get until you can get to play your game, you've got to get those moments right. And that's what that's what happened. And the game didn't go our way. It wasn't what we want it wasn't kind of how we wanted it to go. But to get a result against that just shows where we are. Yeah, well the first sort of ten minutes or so, actually first twenty minutes or so we were just under constant pressure, balls over the top, getting in behind. Twenty five um, minutes some, until the yeah, goal. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was crazy, and then we we win a penalty, and I don't think there's any arguing over the decision this time, is there? Are you going to argue with us on this one? No, 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 no. no. no he just, he, well, he just he just volleyed him up in the air. It's a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was to be honest, I'm more surprised that the ref seen it and gave it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the type of one that normally happens to us and we don't get. It it was about as blatant as a penalty last season at Ewood Park that he didn't get. Yeah, and um, he, he yeah he was booted up in the air. Uh, Clark 
picks it up and takes it as you'd expect. And uh, the ref, the ref takes his time to to sort things out. Clock puts the ball down. Keeper goes to the right. Clock goes down the pen. middle. What a pen. lovely penalty! Lovely. And uh, yeah. it's one nil Sunderland. And I'm sure at that point, Blackburn could hardly understand how they were losing. Um, and to be fair to Blackburn, that didn't really dent them. They kept going. Um, they had another chance pretty much straight after we scored, yeah. uh, which we somehow cleared. Oh. I think it was Job got rid of it, wasn't it? What a tackle by Job! And that was yeah. like three. Mi- that was three minutes after we took the lead. And mm. and the way Blackburn were playing, if they had got back into the game three minutes after we scored, I mean their their tails would have been up, and it's a different game again. But what a tackle from Job that was. Then a, a bit of a. Defining moment in the game, uh, the keeper comes flying out and clatters Ballard. Really, I know it's the ball's there to be won, but it's you know I I think in those situations the keepers do get off lightly. I think I think he's being clattered Ballard. He's, he obviously wasn't going to give a penalty. That's not what I'm saying here, but I just think you know keepers can really do what they want in the box, can't they? And knack people and you know all the rest of it. But Ballard, I'm just glad he got up from that because it looked pretty bad. It looked a bit like the Embleton uh-huh. one where he brought his leg. I thought he was done. I thought he was off. Yeah. Simple as that. I thought. I thought. I thought his game was done. I thought we were bringing on subs and everything. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, in terms of the the actual collision, though, I mean, if you look, Ballard had his foot right right up in the air, just like the keeper did. I think they both had, and that's where it kind of clashed because they both had their feet in the air, and it was just a fifty fifty. And it, yeah, they they both went for it. I mean, it could have been a free kick either way, or not a free kick, like like the referee gave. Yeah. So. It was the aftermath, wasn't it? That that sort of went down yeah. badly, and you, that's why Tony Mowbray ended up getting booked by the ref. Because I think we had the ball, but it went back to Blackburn, and then from that move, they go down the other end and score a header. Which I haven't seen a good replay of it, but there was a hint of offside there. O nine was certainly appealing for an offside, but Tony Mowbray wasn't happy because that they, because Blackburn got the ball back from from that whole situation. And like I say, ended up getting booked by the ref for kicking off about it. What's your view on that? Because, I mean, yeah, it was difficult to see whether it was offside. That's something else entirely. But just the fact that they got the ball from a situation where they probably shouldn't and then scored from it. it you know, if it, if it had meant something in the game, I think I would have been a bit more pissed off, to be honest. Maybe, but I think it's excuses because I think it was just a crap goal to give away. Regardless of how Blackburn got the ball, you know, regardless of whether it was offside... A ball played down the right, zero pressure on the ball when when it went. Um, I think it went back to Schmodix, didn't it? Who was nearly on the goal line? Um, mm. Nobody went. Nobody went across to him at all. Or oh, might have been Britain. I can't remember. But nobody went across to him. Nobody put pressure on him. And then when it came back out and they crossed the ball to the back post, I think the, I think um, Leonard the scorer was pretty much the only Blackburn player there. And there was three of our players there. There was Hume who didn't challenge. I think it was all nine. Didn't challenge. It was just a crap goal to give away. Like we we fell asleep, and whether our minds were on, you know, how play started or whatever, or but it it was just crap defending, and um, we just fell asleep. Yeah, okay, you can you can talk about all those things. We might have been hard done by, but for me, they're just excuses. I think it was just crap defending. And then Ballard came back on just a, a couple of minutes later. Thankfully. Because, <laughs> like you see, I, I I was certain he was off there, like, and yeah, I was thinking, yeah. oh God, what the, what we're going to do without him? And you know, with it being even, I was sat there thinking, I just hope we get into half time level. Because, like <laughs> yeah. I say, even even though we'd just been in front, I I didn't feel like we deserved it. I felt like we were very lucky to be drawn. You know, we we still had a couple of little moments. There was a canny run from Bar about five minutes from the end of the half where he cut inside onto his left, but put the ball over. I think Barr shot everywhere but on goal tonight. Um, then a few minutes after that, there was a, another decent chance, um, brilliant tackle by Job, which allowed us to to break. Fed Clark in, he gave it to Barr. Barr had a shot with his left foot, and it was a really, really good save. I think he might have took a deflection on the way through, uh, but the Blackburn keeper made a really good save. He ended up being offside, but I didn't realise that till till way after. But it was just a good move by us, and if if Bard scored, to be fair, to be fair, I'm glad he didn't score because if he'd scored and then the flag had went up, he would have been absolutely gutted. Um, just for the whole team, for the way that we we sort of won the ball back, then then got the goal, um, and then a few moments after that, we we got the 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 goal which put us ahead for the first well second time, sorry, um, Dan Neal, and I mentioned it before. I'm not really sure how he scored. I think. To, 
how it got through that crowd of bodies, I don't know, but it did. Left footed. Um, I was a little bit surprised when I seen he used his left foot, but then I remembered, did he? I'm sure he scored one with his left foot against Burnley. I think these days lads come through now, they're just two footed naturally, aren't they? <laughs> it's just the taught how to use both. But yeah, again, you know, he's adding goals to his game, Chris. He's he's doing what a lot of people expected in that, you know, with experience, he's starting to to grow his game, isn't he? Like these are the hallmarks of a player who's about to sort of reach the next stage of his career, adding goals, adding assists, you know, becoming a leader on the pitch. Um, but a fantastic finish. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, just quickly as well, going, going back just before that uh, bar shot that was offside, Blackburn got down the right twice in the space of uh, like two minutes uh, where they they really should have, well, could have scored. The uh, One was um, kind of a dangerous cross right across the face of goal and the other one they shot over the bar, but they could <laughs> they had a good couple of uh, decent-looking chances uh, before, uh, before that, and that was only a few minutes before uh, Dan Neil did his thing, but... Just about this goal, and and I know we it was kind of you know it was big news that we struggled on corners last season, but this one was a really good one because if I, I don't know if you remember it, but we piled the six yard box and we basically just stuck everybody on top of the keeper, mm-hmm. and uh, and Pritchard played a, a loop and ball that basically landed right there, and it gave Blackburn all sorts of problems. I'd I'd like to see us keep keep doing that because uh, I thought uh, I thought Blackburn really were uncomfortable with it and I thought it was a it was a good plan off uh, off corners which we didn't see too much of uh, last season, but yeah they, so they ended up kind of you know knocking it to the edge of the box so it landed uh, it it eventually went to Dan Neil, the best I mean his finish is brilliant but the best thing about this goal when it came to Dan Neil is his first touch. His first touch is unbelievable. That just sets him up to strike the ball because the the ground was wet. You know, you know. Sometimes when you do that and the ball just skids off the surface and you've knocked it too far, his touch was perfect. It just laid it right out in front of him. Where his touch was that good that basically he had no choice but to hit it because his touch was that 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 brilliant one and that touches with his left foot as well and then uh and then to to do what he did then and, and smash the ball with his left foot right across right through that body of players i think it went i think it megged someone as well on the way through just to um with, stick the icing on the cake but uh right in the bottom corner keep my no chance and uh and you're right this this is what and he mentioned it right up front i think it was kind of i think it was after the ipswich game wasn't it when he got that goal against Ipswich, he said straight after that game, yep, that's what I've been talking to the manager about, getting forward, making those runs, getting a few goals this season. And if you think last last season was his first full season in the Championship and his performances were unbelievable at times last season, he did make a few mistakes, but I tell you what, he's learned from it and he knows he knows now, and I think this season he's going to be one of the best central midfielders uh, in the Championship if he gets a full season. Um, hopefully he stays clear of injuries and, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, he, he learned so much from last season. And those bad times, you know, like the red card at Sheffield United and there was a couple of other moments that were similar, but he, he's learned from that and he looks like a player. I mean, not not just going forward, but his usual thing. I mean, he, he turned on the ball in the middle of the first half in the middle of the pitch just to give us a breather. And it was, it was an unbelievable, you know, he kind of left a couple of players for dead and, Got us up the pitch, but um, but he's going to be some player this season if he stays fit. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I keep I keep mentioning just how much he's 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 sort of improved and and become more and more consistent. But I, I remember us talking at times about Neil in the past and not really being sure about him. You can sort of see the persistence coming off here now though, because he's just. The more and more he's played, he's just getting better and better. I mean, you, you mentioned his touch there for the goal, but there were a couple of times even just on the ball in the middle of the pitch. One of my mates said there was there was a move, I think it was in the second half, on the centre circle where he, it was like on the turn, he sort of done two people and got us away. And my mate said, like, you know, that that's what Premier League players do. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you bang on, like, you know. And it, it that that's what I mean with, with, with Neil. If he, if he just keeps adding goals, gets the odd assist here and there, but puts in, more importantly, puts in all-round midfield performances where he's battling, but he's also quality on the ball, there's no wonder teams like Liverpool are apparently sniffing around him when he's playing like that. 
Yeah, well, we'll come on to his contribution in the in the third goal as well. But I just want to. I remember um, when we did the transfer deadline uh, Twitter spaces or X spaces or whatever it's called now. When I think we had a question come in and somebody said, "Are you most glad to keep all the Patrick Roberts or you know Jack Clark or you know and all that sort of stuff?" And uh, my answer was uh, Dan Neil. I think mm-hmm. I think actually keeping hold of Dan Neil for another season, a full season in the championship. Like I said at the time, I was I was most glad that we'd actually kept hold of him, especially um, because we've obviously only gone in with uh, with Dan Neil and and Ekwa as, as kind of natural centre midfielders, but but he's he's one of the best in the division. Yeah, second half was pretty much the same as the first, just a proper ding dong. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe more you know good player from Sunderland than we had in the first half, but right out the blocks, Blackburn came at us again, and it was more unbelievable defending from Ballard straight after half time. Yeah. Uh, I think that was when I wrote down the words "world class defending" because I think it was a it was a block, pretty much to to save us from a certain goal, wasn't it? I mean, the highlights after the game were all about the the, the actual chances in the game from Sunderland. I didn't really see many of the the blocks from Ballard and amongst that, but he deserves a a highlight reel after this game. And this was probably the best of the lot for me. I mean, unbelievable from him. And then, like I say, it kept coming. There was a, a shot from Travers, which forced a great save out of Patterson. Uh, they headed over. Pretty close chance, actually, from Leonard from the resultant corner. And then not long after that, he was booked for a really bad tackle on Huggins. He's, had a, he, he's a dirty little bugger, isn't he? Well, you know what? He should have been booked for diving in the box. Because I don't know if you remember it when he just basically, I think it was, um, might have been oh nine who was standing behind him and just kind of knocked the ball away. And he just flung himself to the ground trying to get a penalty. And I mean, nobody touched him. I mean, oh nine got a touch on the ball. He flung himself to the ground. He could have easily get the yellow card. You know, I thought, I thought kind of referees were going to clamp down on that. And uh, Schmodix as well. I mean, he was, he was screaming in the referee's face at one point. And at this, First day of the season, people were getting booked for even kind of talking, <laughs> you know, breathing. just talking to the referee. Yeah. If they went within a yard of the referee, they were getting a yellow card. And now, you know, five weeks later, they're allowed to scream in their face again. Yeah. There's definitely been a slackening of the rules at the start of the season. I don't yeah. know whether it's just because the refs have come straight out of their, their seminars and their training and all the rest of it in the summer and the, it's still fresh in the mind. But as the season's gone on, even, even though what you just mentioned there about the, Oh, the uh, the penalty this the the dive and it was one at the weekend we were talking about when uh, when Sinclair Armstrong uh, stood in the way of a free kick after he'd been booked they were getting yeah, yeah you're right they've been less card happy as the season's gone on we're running like a handful of games in and they've already <laughs> yeah. slackened off with a lot of the new yeah. sort of rules they've, and stuff haven't they they've, they've stopped I don't get it like you know like four weeks ago like that lad might have been sent off or you know like Smodix would have had a yellow card easy. And I don't get it. The referees have just, they came into this season, right, we've got a plan. Five weeks later, it's just out the window. Yeah, and then it was kind of after that point where Clark really came into his own and he was just domineering, best player on the on the park after that point, really. And it's funny because in his post-match comments, Mowbray has said that he uh, really was disappointed with Clark in the first half an hour and he was <laughs> so irritated by him that he, he could have took them off. Um, but thankfully for Jack Clark, he he must have got a rocket at half time and uh, and really picked it up and showed what he was what he was all about. And like I say, it was after that point when Clark really came into his own. There was a great counter attack around the fifty third minute where he fed in burst. Or he kind of picked the ball up inside our half. I think he he cut out a, a Blackburn attack, carried it forward at pace. Nobody was running towards him because they were scared of being left for dead. And he feeds it the burst out to the left and. I'm looking at him thinking you're in a great position, just put your foot through it. And he instead he's trying to shape the shot and he ends up just passing it to the goalkeeper. I mean, if you're gonna do that, you've got to aim for the top corner, haven't you? And he's he's went low and soft and it not really connected very well with it. And unfortunately for him, that was about the best chance he got all all night. And um I, I think he should have done better. I'm not saying he should have scored, but I think uh, you know, if that's somebody else giving the ball to Jack Clark in that position, he probably scores, doesn't he? It was, you know. Similar kind of position which in which clocks end up scoring from actually. Mm. Then you know we carried on from there. More good football. Um, a few minutes later from after that, Job fed the ball to Clark again. He shot, went for a corner, um, and we were starting to get a bit more of a foothold in the game. I felt after that point, and <laughs> let's say it was main. It was mainly Clark who was 
who was doing it. But at the same time, and you're laughing, um, at the same time, we were still conceding quite a lot of possession to Blackburn and they were piling forward. Like I say, it was a ding-dong. I use those words because I think for a neutral, and I think, you know, the, the podcasts and stuff that cover the championship, they'll really have enjoyed this game because it was just, oh, yeah. it was yeah. back and forth, wasn't it? It was like a game of ping-pong. Well, I, I was only laughing because you mentioned that corner off that off that breakaway that it was it was at that time it was about on the hour, which was the worst corner routine I've ever seen a Sunderland <laughs> team do. It, like you saw Ballard and everyone pile forward, and I think it was the one where O nine and Ballard were holding hands to make the run, and we played a short one, and we ended up just not kicking it out for a goal kick again. It was the <laughs> worst corner routine, and especially after that first half one where. Uh, you know, the one from Dan Neal where he ended up getting the goal. That was brilliant. And then we came up with that crap, you know, in the second <laughs> half. I, I didn't understand it. Um, but I was just going to say, before on that break where you said, you know, he gave the ball a burst on that chance. But this was the this is the give and take with uh, with Jack Clark because he's he's absolutely, he's a he's an unbelievable player. But a minute, it was like a minute or two later where he he gave the ball away with a really sloppy pass, five-yard pass inside, and they broke away. And Jack Clark had to sprint about 60 yards to try and chase them back. And in the end, we we kind of defended it and kind of got, got in the way and, and managed to but uh, managed to kind of uh, clear it. But um, it, they had like a three-on-two at one point, and Jack Clark was trying to sprint back because he realised he'd, he'd screwed up. But, but like I said, I, I said this after the QPR game, and, you know, he... He had a frustrating first half there, like Mowbray said. Uh, he had he had a, you know, frustrating uh, first half at Blackburn. He keeps he keeps wanting the ball, even when you can see he's really frustrated and he's thinking that oh, it's, it's not going his way. He turns it around because he keeps asking for the ball and doing what he does. And actually, there's some there's some wingers and there's some attacking players who, when it's that sort of night, that sort of game, they almost don't want the ball. They hide. And he just doesn't. He keeps coming and coming and coming. Yeah, there's almost too much to go through in terms of chances, so we won't cover every single moment which occurred in that second half. But like I say, it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I say most of them involving Clark from a Blackburn perspective, they had plenty. Um, but the important stuff was that third goal because, like I say, not long before that, Blackburn had a bunch of chances that hit the post. I think about 10 minutes before we scored. But the goal was the was the moment of the night, wasn't it? It was a quality interception from Dan Neal. He gives it to Pritchard. Pritchard gives it um to Clark, slips him in, and it's just lush. Like <laughs> like I just I love goals like this where a player can just <laughs> sit players down. I think it was um Carter, the Blackburn player, he went skidding, didn't he? Skidded about ten yards away when he when he tried to stop Clark. And and it was funny because it was as though Clark was like moving in slow motion and everyone else was was moving quickly, but he uh, he just kind of walked past two or three people, put the keeper on his ass too, and then passed it into the net. That that, that ugh, I, I I don't really know what to say about that goal. It was just it was just lush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, let, let start with Dan Neil because I mean he you know poor lad got cramp um, with his <laughs> stretch that he that, that he intercepted the ball, but um, but yeah, I mean again Dan Neil, you know he saw it coming, he read it like a book, he. he he knew what was going to happen. He was already there, and uh, when it, you know Pritchard, it came to Pritchard, Pritchard, and actually Pritchard timed the pass just just nice for Clarks to give him a bit of room. But watch it back again, from Pritchard passing the ball to Clark putting the ball in the net. In total, Jack Clark took four touches of the ball. But if if you say that and watch it in at full speed, you think, oh, he's tapped the ball loads of times this way and that, this way and that. But he's only he's only touched the ball four times when he from when he receives the ball to when he's not going in the net, and that's because because he's been doing the same thing and the the, the Blackburn Rovers defenders you know he's been cutting inside he's been going down the line and they don't know where he's going to go and that he's got them that tied up that actually all he needs to do is suggest he's going one way and as you said two of them just fell on their ass right in front of him without him really. He took four touches, but by that point, he's got them so worried about him going this way and that, that he just, in the end, he almost just walked through them and they just parted because they didn't, they were just all over the shop and uh, and he finished off. But yeah, it was it was because he got them so worried that as soon as he's positive and ran at them, they were just, yeah, they didn't know what to do and he ended up uh, 
just watching it um, lie it from the lying down position, um, which would have <laughs> which would have been nice right in front of him. But uh, but yeah, but we did need it though because, like you yeah. said, it was only it was like ten minutes before the the post, and they looked. I mean, to be fair, Blackburn looked threatening every time they went forward. But by this point, and it was interesting because you talked about the Burstow um, substitution for Roberts that was just after the hour. And, and and I'm not saying this, you know, to, uh, you know, anything about Burstow because I think, I think I feel sorry for the lad actually because he's had a tough night. It was a tough night away to Blackburn for the whole team. And he was just part of that. And it was a tough first half from a QPR because the way they play we looked a bit more, I don't want to say cohesive. We looked a bit more like we knew what we were doing when, when Roberts came on without a striker. Cause we had, we weren't, we weren't looking for that ball over the top. We were looking for more shorter passes. And I actually thought we looked better when, when, when we didn't have a striker, funnily enough. And we, but we, we still needed that third goal cause that settled everything right. I think Blackburn knew the game was up at that point. I think yeah. they just thought, yeah, it's just one of them nights. Again, the hallmark of a of a successful, potentially promoted team. We're killing games <laughs> off. We're killing close games off. We are. We done it on Saturday. We, you know, even even you know the Southampton game. We just we we kill the game off before we give the opponent a chance to actually claw their way back in. Like I've I've seen something in the past be one nil up, two one up, and you sat there and we were we were joking about this in the, on the last pod, but like. You kind of always thinking, bloody hell, hurry up and get another one. You, even at three or four, you, you're thinking we need another. <laughs> yeah, just. But at the minute, what we're doing is we're the games are tight, and then we're finding ways to kill the game off. We're scoring at perfect moments. We're scoring just before half time. We're scoring sort of ten, fifteen minutes from the end of games to to put the game to bed. And I, I know Blackburn still had chances after we got that third goal, but I never, like I said at the very start, I didn't actually feel flustered whatsoever I just felt like we were you know that was game over at that point even though Blackburn had had threatened repeatedly throughout the game and looked very good I don't know whether it's just the belief they've instilled or what but I just didn't think we were ever going to drop points from that that situation there 3-1 up and like I say in the past <laughs> Sunderland would have definitely dropped points from that situation but not this team yeah. Yeah, well, I wish I was in your company earlier on in the game because uh, I, was, I was having I was having kittens uh, before then. But yeah, it was that third goal. That th- and I know what you mean because I I felt the same after that third goal. I mean, but when it was two one, I just thought you know, and Blackburn was still having chances. It was that third goal that 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 did that. But I mean, if you if you're looking in general, you're talking thirteen goals in in five games, conceded three. It's it's a nice unbeaten run, but. But as you said, it it just I don't know, it just feels a bit different to last season. It feels like we are and I, I I'm not sure I can quite put my finger on it yet, but it just feels like there's something a little bit different. It feels like maybe we're using that experience because the lads have been there and seen it and done it. And you know, last season where games like this we would concede and heads would go down a little bit and maybe we found it hard to get back or I don't know what it is, but we've just seem to have got a little bit more steel. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's the physical lads that we've got because we've got, you know, we've brought some kind of like Job in the middle. Maybe he's given us a bit of um, presence there. I'm not sure. He, he kind of put some tackles in and, you know, we've we've had Equa as well. Obviously, he's kind of uh, stepped uh, stepped up again this season from from where he was at the end of last season. So, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, just, there's just something extra that we didn't have last season and um you've said it far too many times you've said the p word far too many times so i'm not i'm not <laughs> going to i'm not going to say it's far too early for that sort of business um you know fourth in the table and there's a there's a, a surprise i was surprised when i actually looked at um the you know that kind of five point gap because not normally it's not kind of not uh, teams aren't kind of pulling away this early on but uh, there's a five point gap to the to the top 3 but but like i said i mean look if somebody had said um, even at the start of the season, before we lost the first two, would you take uh, fourth place seven games in? We would have snapped their hand off. And then, especially yeah. if you'd if you'd asked us after the Preston game and said, "Would you take fourth in the table after seven games?" We, we would have been even quicker to snap their hand off. So great start of the season, and this five game unbeaten run. Yeah, just just wonder where it can take us now. Long can go on for. Yeah, well said. Uh, let's round off the match chat with some three-word reviews. Let's see if they're better than the, the ones on Saturday, because they were very sweary, weren't they? 
I said people need to be a bit more creative with them. So let's have a look. Let's see what we've got. Uh, Kingy, who sits in front of me at the match, says, see you Sunday, Gav. That's, that's not three words. But yes, see you Sunday, Kingy. See you then. Um, Tim says, Clark Neil Ballard. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, GB, Gav Butler, he says, Mowbray's Brazilian Army. Uh, Daniel John Fennick, how are you, the lads? Akko says, Grit, Determination and Energy. Neil Chandler says, high-vis victory. <laughs> like it. Uh, Ian Mackham says, Ballard Prime Terry. Uh, Adam Guest says, Tony Mowbray's highlight. That's four words, Adam, come on. Uh, Rob Cronin, Battlers, Battlers everywhere. Listen, listen to you, man. I know, Three-word I'm, police. I am. Um, John Wilson, Blackburn got burnt. GMZ, Jack fucking Clark. That's the first swear word of the night. Clark, <laughs> Paul Anderson says, Clark's fucking class. <laughs> T. Dav, Clark, different gravy. Paul Noble, suck my plums. Uh, Evan Lloyd, simply the best. Uh, Spargill, Blackburn torn apart. Yes, Jack Clark birthed a new song tonight, didn't he? Apparently, mm -hmm. which is nice. It's only took like two years for him to get yeah. a song. I think he deserved about it a lot longer ago. Yeah, it's about time. Um, Dave Smith says Anthony Mark Mowbray. Uh, Chris Wiley says Ballard's three points. Rob Muse says Dan. Dan. Dan, with a nice okay. Alan Partridge gift there. Uh, on our way, says Owen Sarah. Gary Callum says super califragilistic. I think that's one word, but this, <laughs> that, that, that is creative, I suppose, if you're separating. But they're just yeah. they're getting worse, these, aren't they? Um, <laughs> Snell says Clark Ballon d'Or. Uh, IB says styling and profiling with a gif of Ric Flair elbow dropping a, a jacket there. Nice. Uh, Paul Cook, Bellingham balls deep. Okay, uh, Johnny Slimmon says seeing real progression, and we'll round off with George, who says nine million Burnley. Like <laughs> well, actually, I just, I just remembered there about you know talking about kind of Clark uh, taking the piss out of the opposition a little bit. Um, just remembered that tackle, that ridiculous tackle later on. That I mean, the lad could have been sent off trying to snap <laughs> Clark in half. Yeah, P purely purely because he was so pissed off with Clark, just just completely just. Rinsing them all, the, mate. the base, mm. huh? He was, he was. And and just actually, the, the other thing I just quickly wanted to mention is, um, I know he was only on for about five minutes, but Oshish had some nice touches when he came on. I, I really yeah. like the look of him. Looking forward yeah, to seeing yeah. him more. I am as well. And I think um, it's all, you know, with a lot of these players that we've signed, you, you kind of expect them to take a, a while to, to bed in and actually see what they're about. It's nice that we've signed somebody who's just been thrown straight in and he, he looks impressive straight away. Yeah. I know it's it's quite nice coming on and coming off the bench in games when when we're winning and it's late on and you can you can show off a bit. Like he's that type of player, <laughs> isn't he? Um, but still, you know, he's, he he looks like once he's fit, he could be he could be starting games and playing a part pretty much straight away, which is yeah. nice. He just looks like he knows what he's doing. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing him. Yeah. Um, well, we've got another game at the weekend, and we're not going to do a preview pod, so we will quickly talk about Cardiff. But when I say quickly, I mean very quickly, because there's not really much to preview other than the fact that Sunderland are class. Uh, and Cardiff have actually had some good results recently. They, they beat Coventry 3-2 in midweek, and I think that scoreline probably flatters Coventry a little bit because uh, they scored pretty much with one of the last kicks of the game in that in that match. Um, but their form's been been really, really decent. They beat Swansea in the derby, which is obviously a massive result for them at home. Came very close against Ipswich, who are one of the early leaders. They, they knocked Birmingham out of the cup away from home. They beat Chef Wed, which is, again, nothing special, but still um, you know, went pretty close against Leicester, who are, are going to be right up there. They did lose to QPR in August, but that seems like a little while ago now. So Cardiff in decent form. Like I don't really know much about them other than the fact that... Um, They've had a bit more of a go at it this summer. They've signed some decent players. So they signed Carl and Grant from, from West Brom. I've always liked him. Um, you know, but other than that, I don't really know a great deal about Cardiff. But the point is really, and it's the point that we, we seem to come to with all of these games, is it's more about us than them, really, isn't it? It's not really about what Cardiff can do, it's about what Sunderland can do. And um we're back at the stadium of light, which is going to be interesting because our home form has at times been a bit of a of an Achilles heel for Sunderland, but we have won games at home this season. So, what you what you foreseeing with this game? Because I find it quite difficult to work out. These, <laughs> I just think about that game against Cardiff last year at home, where I felt like we should have beat them going into it, and then they managed to scrape a win, and we come away and we're like bloody hell, over lost that. 
Yeah, well, that's why I was that's why I was chuckling just there, Gav, because uh, I remember last season when Cardiff was struggling. I think they were. I'm pretty sure I can't remember. It was back in November. I, I'm pretty sure that it was something ridiculous, like they hadn't won away or something by that yeah. point. Or it was like they were really crap. They were really struggling, and they came and beat us in a in a really horrible. I just I feel like it was like a 14 game. Uh, Run or something where they hadn't won away or something yeah. like that. Yeah, someone and, will remind us when they hear this. And and then obviously you look at the you look at their form this season and like you said they've um, they've played three away from home so far. They've drew the first one, they've drawn one and lost and lost two out of the three. And yeah, <laughs> just I'm just putting those two facts together and I'm like <laughs> I'd rather not. But to be fair, I actually think um, you know you go back to that game. Um, last season, and I think there was a, it was around the time as well. I think um, it might have been a bit later on. I can't remember. I'm going off the top of my head, but there was two nil nil draws as well. That in October, that at home, and we were kind of struggling to get a rhythm at home. And I think we we got beat off Burnley just before that as well. So you look at the difference this season. I mean, you know that that five nil against Southampton, and. And it's funny because we're talking about that difference between this season and last season. And yeah. you saw uh, last season we were struggling for that home form. And, you know, we had that Cardiff game and games like that. And I'm just thinking this this could be another signal of how we've stepped it up this season. Because mm-hmm. we've, we've won two and lost one so far at home uh, this season. Off the back of, you know, beating Southampton 5-0. I think, you know, that there's there's every chance... You know, because Cardiff looked like they're a really good side at home and they look like they're just going to be that team who, you know, relies on their home form. And if if we if we start off on the front foot like we did against Southampton, and I, and I hate saying this, I don't know why, but I, I just, I've got the feeling that we could go on for another route if we really... <laughs> but if we, if we step on them early, get an early goal, I think they'll crumble with their away form. And, and it's... It, Again, I mean, I, I said this about the Southampton game, and and it's important to this Sunderland side to get the first goal at home because and and get it as early as possible because then it's almost like kind of game over, and if we do that, I, I think we could win fairly comfortably actually. Yeah, I, I feel like we're, uh, well, not going to shock anybody by me saying this, but I think we're going to win. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well, I keep I keep getting it right, don't I, I keep. You know, if you say something enough times, you're going to be right eventually. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do keep winning games. So, you know, but Cardiff are in good form. They're not going to come and be overawed by the fact they're playing Sunday at the stadium or, late or anything like that. Um, probably a little bit pissed off they're having to wait till a Sunday to uh, to come and play us. Other than that, you know, they're going to come and give us a game, I think. Uh, I don't know if Aaron Ramsey's fit. I don't think he played during the midweek and he's obviously had a lot of problems over his career with injuries, particularly at the latter end of his career, but scored for them in that Swansea game. Still a very good footballer. You don't lose it just because you've, 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 you know, got a little bit older. You still got that quality. And I guess the important thing, if he is playing, will be preventing him from, from doing what he has done so well throughout his career, which is run games of football, score goals and, you know, steal the show. And, um, you know, when he scores goals, somebody famous tends to die afterwards. So let's 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 save somebody's life and stop him from scoring. Eh? Um, yeah, I think we'll win. I think it'll be a a comfortable one. I think we'll win two 0 That's what I'm thinking. Is that we'll get another clean sheet, and um, yeah, it'll just be a routine victory. I think if the trajectory that I believe in my own mind this this team is on is true, then games like this will be ones we'll just win routinely and very comfortably. And you'll kind of just go right two 0 move on to the next one or one nil or whatever you know. I I actually think you know if I, I think we're on course for a top six finish and this will be like, like you say a bit of a hallmark of where we're at. You know we're maybe not going to win as many away as we did last year, but we'll probably balance that out by winning more home games. And yeah, I think we'll win this one. Yeah, yeah, and but but actually, what will be interesting because I think I think we've had um what I'm trying to think Blackburn Wednesday night so the other uh, QPR on Saturday Blackburn Wednesday we've had two tough games in four or five days and I'm I'm just wondering how much uh Tony Mowbray is considering kind of changing things up because actually I think by the end there was some there was some really tired players on that pitch again good job Blackburn. we've got that extra day isn't it yeah and but and actually you could argue that when we kicked off and in that first 
especially that first half an hour um, until we scored the first goal. Some of the players looked a bit tired and obviously they grew into the game a, a bit more after that and it kind of we had to kind of get a second win from somewhere. But but I think a few of them looked a bit tired and a bit leggy. And yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see and you know what team Mowbray puts out on Sunday and you know I'm, I'm glad we've got the extra day's rest because I think I think a few of them might need it after after these two games but uh, but yeah he might, he might be he might be tempted to throw um Roberts back in or sheesh so yeah it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what he puts out yeah well we'll probably do a bit more of an in-depth preview on Friday night live over on Twitter slash X slash whatever you want to call it. Uh, so join us from 8pm on Friday night over there because we will be talking about this and more. You can get involved if you if you want to talk, if you feel like you want to have your say on something. If you just want to do what I do every time I do one of these podcasts and wax lyrical about Sunland and how much I love them, um, <laughs> then, then feel free to join us. Make sure you pre-order our book, which is uh, on the I Love Supreme website, SFC365. You can catch the link for that at the top of all of our articles on the website or the Love Supreme website, of course. Yeah. We'll be back after the game, won't we, Chris? So uh, thanks thanks a lot, mate. It's been a great night, but it's late and we're both very tired men, so we're going to get ourselves to bed and I'll sit and dream about Jack Clark and Sunland and all the rest of it, I'm sure. Uh, yep. So cheers, mate. Thanks for joining us. No worries. It's, uh, it's been emotional. It has been emotional. And cheers to the listeners. We'll catch you on the next one. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.